0: Wonderful. Let's go again. We go again. We go. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Musa Konga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm right, thanks. How are you? I'm great. I'm great living the dream. Yeah. Just happy, you know. Just happy.
1: Living my truth. Living my truth. Living your truth. Yes. Musa Kwonga is living his truth. <laughs> I am. That sounds like a really terrible like ITV2 <laughs> Sunday night drama.
0: <laughs> That's my life, Ryan. That's my life. <laughs> uh, where'd you go to this weekend? Um, oh, so actually I was here with you on the Friday, which you know because um, the amazing Elena, I was there. Elena the amazing Elena Barshawski has a great exhibition called Lines on at the Archetype Cafe where we are recording this at back. And that was great. Saturday and Sunday, really just sort of caught up with friends and then just read a lot. Started reading a new novel called Kinto, which is great. Um, And then watched a lot of football yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, it was awesome. Actually, that's
1: just reminding me, you've got a lot of books to give me back.
0: Really? Yeah, you do. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, all those books. Yeah, I remember that. Them, you've yeah.
1: probably swapped with someone else already. No, no, I, no, I'm not a book swapper. It's going to be like, my name is Earl, but with books. Let's begin in Germany because the Bundesliga is back. It's The like back Bundesliga but
0: <laughs> is back. No, but you know, it's, you say that, but you know, it's funny that like the Bundesliga being back. It's like all the other leagues like competing for attention. It's like, look, we're interesting too. And then the cool the- kids rock up and <laughs> yeah. they're just like, get out of the way. Because all the other leagues went wild. La Liga went a bit wild, really. Yeah,
1: they had all that time, with no distraction, yeah. to stake their claim as the hashtag
0: greatest league in the world. And the Bundesliga still went wilder than any of them. Schalke de Gladbach 2-0, and then obviously Union-Leipzig, um, that was a big game, and a beautiful game, but the centrepiece has to be oh, Augsburg-Dortmund. Jung-Kauland. and is... What he did... Oh, so what, let's, So just to clarify... Just to sort of recap what he did.
1: Should we we quickly recap the game before he gets on the pitch, though? Because it was turning into a very, very Dortmund-like game.
0: So, okay, very Dortmund for so many reasons. So, first of all, because Dortmund had early chances, they squandered. Yep. Sancho had a great chance. Mm -hmm. The kind of chance that you miss because you think, I'll have more of those chances. Then Royce misses a real sitter from 10 yards, and then the wild stuff begins.
1: Yeah. So Augsburg take the lead with uh, Niederlechner. Yeah. And... They go into halftime 1-0 up. That's right. Was it 20-odd, 30
0: seconds into the second half? 20 seconds in the second half. Marco Richter puts Augsburg 2-0 up. Mistake by Kanji, and then Bookie is like on his six-yard box, which is position Wasn't that strange. the pass from Torgan Hazard, though, that gave the ball away, that put them through? Yeah, that it was. 3-1. Was that for the 3-1? Oh, yeah, it was for the 3-1. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, there were so many goals in this so, game. They are right, all blaring right. into so for a the, one. For the 2-0, Kanji makes a mistake, which gets seized upon, and then... Borky is standing on a six-yard box as the ball flies past the Oh, yeah, it was the wonder goal, right? Right, Yeah,
1: I mean, Borky's positioning on that was very questionable, but also one of those kind of uh, what hit Exactly. It got hit and it stayed
0: hit. (laughs) Julian Brandt pulled back a great goal. Oh, man, he's playing really, really well. He's carrying a lot of a load. It's very dormant to put excessive pressure on certain (laughs) players on the team, but Brandt's playing beautifully. So he gets them back to 2-1 and then... They score third with the terrible decision by Torgan Hazard to pass back.
1: Yeah, that was so weird
0: because there was two really easy options there. I think
1: Witzel was open yeah. and who was in the middle?
0: Was it Sancho? I don't remember. He's like, oh, I'll just lay it back.
1: Yeah, and he kind of played it to, to no one. Yeah. So yeah, 3-1, 55 minutes gone. And then... Enter Sandman. Haaland comes on. Three minutes later, scores his first. Sancho's assist. Sancho, two minutes after that, scored, I think... The best Dortmund the f- goal, actually. The first
0: touch. This, this huge, um, high high through ball gets hit to Sancho and he takes it down. The touch is like Baggio. Oh, like, it took it on the run. The and then goes around the run. keeper, yeah.
1: slots it in. Uh, the thing I found funny about that goal, though, was that even though there was an open goal, Holland was next to him screaming for the ball already. Eddings. <laughs> like, did you just it's got it. Amazing. And then nine minutes later, Hazard squares it to Haaland to tap in. Yeah. He went to VAR weirdly. I don't know I, because Hazard was suspected to be offside in the through ball, but, he but it wasn't. Back. Yeah, yeah, easily.
0: And the best of the lot, actually. The final goal was the best of the lot. This
1: was Haaland's best goal, I think. Yeah. 23 minutes after he came on and 20 minutes in total between his first and his third. He completes the hat trick to make it 5 3 to Dortmund. And I can't remember such an astonishing debut from someone that young.
0: The after only a, remember after a high-profile transfer, Wayne Rooney in the Champions League gets Galatasaray. Oh, actually, no, against yeah. Gets Fenerbahce, sorry, yeah, yeah. Fenerbahce. in the Champions League at the age of eighteen. It's the only hat It's the I can only remember. one, yeah. And the the reason, and I don't want to just be like, oh, United. You know, it's not really that. It's more like in no, terms of the, of the stakes, hype, yeah. The stakes, and I think actually the stakes were even higher here because United were expected to beat Fenerbahce in that performance, and you know Rooney's good early in that game for those who saw it. But to rescue Dortmund against Augsburg, given the context of the season, mm-hmm. Dortmund's problems with finishing, which were well-documented, and, and not just with finishing, but with actual conviction, with mm. having conviction. And Holland just came in and looked like a mix between, and this is high praise, but I'll say it anyway, looked like a mix between Gabriel Thuter and Ruud van Nistelrooy. And what I mean by that is the first time finishing, the utter decisiveness and the final goal, when you see it, he cuts across the two defenders just when expect expect them not to, and then hits it like half a step early. Yeah, just that left prepared, foot finish. They're both <laughs> preparing a slide tackle. He just bends it. And at the end he says to the uh, sporting director, That's why you bought me.
1: <laughs> there was some amazing commentary. Well, in fact, there was the Bundesliga this weekend was full of incredible commentary. There's one for yeah. Timo Werner that we'll come on to, but the commentator for this game kept calling him uh Brecher mit dem de, uh, de mit dem Babyface. So basically Brecher in German is kind of like a it's kind of like the German equivalent of like a unit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's um, you know, like um you know, a mountain of a man, you kind of say like, you know, um, Dembrecher that man or something like that. I can't remember the, my German grammar's not the best. Sorry. But yeah, and he kept going on about it beforehand. And then obviously he had three opportunities to drop that line but as it well. Sound,
0: by the third time he said it sounded really good. Dembrecher, me dem baby face. And it was just so clinical, so calm. And what Dortmund needed, that talismanic figure. And actually there's elements of Lewandowski in that sense, someone who could bail them out.
1: Well, Marco Royce said about Dortmund, that they hadn't had a number nine or a player of the level like this since Lewandowski. In no, terms no. of that kind of threat, I think just up front, because they've had some really, really brilliant technical players and people who score goals. But as an out-and-out out number nine, and also he just like physically, he offers such a different threat to Paco Alcacer.
0: You know who need that guy? Barcelona need that guy. Watching them against Granada, we'll come to that in a bit, maybe mm. briefly. But watching Barcelona against Granada, my goodness, it's a bit like the need. You know, like France in the World Cup desperately need a Giroud. Oh yeah. Desperately. And you see how much they need that time. I mean, that's
1: a different thing though because I think players like Giroud, um, you know, Andy Brassel and I were talking about this recently about how um, he unlocks a lot of the players behind him. Right. So it's actually a lot of the stuff that he does is integral for the attacking yes. wide players or the attacking midfielders or even deep, deep runners, basically. Yeah. And actually, that's why I think he gets such a hard time in terms of praise. Yes. Olivier Giroud. But quickly, on Holland had a question from John Barrett on Twitter. Dortmund seems such a good fit for Holland. Which club is the next logical step? Let him live, John.
0: I know. Was, I, I, I Let love him Barcelona. live. For me, the next logical step is actually Barca. I will say that just straight up because I can't see a team with a more obvious gap in the long run. I
1: mean, I hope it's not for a while. I hope no. you're talking like five or six years at Dortmund.
0: Actually, I hope it's three, to be honest. I hope he does three amazing years at Dortmund and then...
1: No, I mean I would I would really, really love Dortmund from a romantic point of view to keep the core young players of this squad together for yeah. a long, long time because in a couple of years Marco Royce isn't going to be featuring as much as possible. He's thirty now. Yeah. And, you know, they have Jaden Sancho, who's twenty, Haaland, who's nineteen, Julian Brandt, twenty three. So even the back four, you know, Dan Axel Zagadu's not old, Akanji's not old, Guerrero's in his mid twenties. I don't think they will probably be able to keep hold of Akimi, but if they could.
0: Those guys go out in the town is so much fun. Look, that's a dressing room. <laughs> you think about that, like for the next two years, that is just going to be one of those fun dressing rooms. Young, brilliant players. And then you've got Yusufa Makoko coming through. Yeah. Who is, those who are not aware of what that boy is doing at UEFA Youth League level, the, the boy is setting, I think he's 14, 15 years old, Yusufa Makoko and he's setting goalscoring records everywhere in sight. And he is the next big thing as far as European football um, forwards go.
1: And they've also got Gio Reyna coming through, who is tipped to be probably better than Christian Pulisic.
0: A very special player indeed. Yeah, Yeah. so there's.
1: it's just always the key thing with Dortmund is keeping hold of those players if they can because they've got the pieces there to be potentially, that is the key word, like potentially brilliant. This might be a little bit of wishful thinking or kind of getting ahead of myself, but I genuinely, genuinely believe with this Dortmund squad that if they can keep hold of them, they do have the potential to build a squad that is capable of going super deep in the Champions League year after year after year after year for a long time. Because if you go through it, it's can not I, a
0: million miles away, I don't think. Can I be honest with you? They're one great defender and one great manager. A hundred percent away from that. And they have if they get a kind of Pochino type person. If they get a Pochino oh type God, manager. Poch at Dortmund. Now that is a problem. It's a serious problem if they do that. Can you imagine if Poch went to Dortmund? I'd be there every other week. I think, I, mean, honestly, I think I'd move. I think I'd move to Cologne, actually. That would be it. Yeah, you're only an yeah. hour to yeah. Dortmund from Cologne. Yeah. And that whole area is just what? I mean,
1: should we just move to Cologne anyway? What are we doing here? Like, t- Berlin's <laughs> just on an <laughs> island <laughs> for football. There's no. <laughs> <laughs> don't
0: don't tempt me, honestly. I won't. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I go, every so often I threaten to move to Cologne. It's like nice. <laughs> uh,
1: Elsewhere in the Bundesliga. So Leipzig beat Union after being 1 0 down and going into half time 1 0 down. Yeah. Um,. Little protest as well from Union yeah, the, maybe the maybe the the Union funeral march, which was silent, a silent march. Everyone dressed in black, walking through Leipzig. Stefan Ersfeld was at the game and he filmed it, put it on Twitter, and took a couple of pictures as well. But yeah, Union. They could have had a couple actually before Leipzig yeah. scored.
0: But Timo Werner. Got a couple, one of which was an absolute beauty. Yeah, the This box. was the
1: other commentary bit. So he said Werner, mit carajo. <laughs> Spanish speakers a lo- among you will uh, love that
0: Werner is absolutely locked in this year I think it's 20 goals now 20-21 goals in the league so him and Lewandowski have both scored 20 goals this season unreal the fact that he's caught up Lewandowski after the start Lewandowski had I think his goals per minute is probably higher better. yeah it would make sense it's a better ratio than and Lewandowski and he's doing a lot he's not just playing as a central player he's doing mm. a lot of wide work as well mm.
1: big win that for Leipzig very big yeah Julian Nagelsmann had a good quote where he said that the Herbstmeister for him is Scheißegal. Oh, he doesn't care about the winter. He doesn't Champions. give a shit about winning the I love win. that. Yeah. Man, oh, I told you, when I went to the Dortmund Leipzig... Big
0: lad. Yeah.
1: In a roll neck as well. A very snug roll neck.
0: There we go. Listen, it's just... It's finding its way, the roll neck. It's finding
1: its way. Oh, I need, we need more managers with cardigans. Help a Rye out. Please. My man, Setien, as well. Yeah. Kike rocked up to his Barca press conference in a roll neck. He knows. Did you see my tweet? Is Kike wearing a roll neck? <laughs> it's
0: the season. <laughs> it's the season.
1: <laughs> we had a lovely little tweet from the Stadio account the other day where it was... um that hashtag was going around, seduce me in four words. Yeah. <laughs> it's roll neck season. season.
0: <laughs> if we ever get like, so we get like a, so get like a so nice big prominent guest, we should just get them to do that. It's roll neck season.
1: We're going to do some stadio roll necks. Oh my God. You could get a roll neck yeah. with the logo on. I could get a cardigan with the logo on. And when we start doing live shows, Press we can just have yeah, to-
0: I would. I'd wear it, I'd rock it for sure. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the final frontier.
1: Do you want your name on the back? <laughs> <laughs> um, elsewhere in the Bundesliga, Gladbach are potentially catfishing. Mm. They lost their way Waiters- to, well, actually losing their the way to Waiters- Shark is not really a catfish. <laughs> no, thing
0: right. I think they're finding their level, aren't they, really? There's always going to be issues with Gladbach about squad and firepower. That's mm. just, and that's fair, like, that's reversion to the mean almost. Dortmund, Leipzig and Bayern are the teams you expect to find there and thereabouts at the end. And also, you were at the, yeah, Hertha I blanket.
1: went to Hertha Bayern. My toes have only just started coming back to life. And Strange game. It was a strange game. It was a bit of a reality check for Hertha. I'm going to do a Bundesliga roundup for the site, which will probably go up Tuesday, um, which will have a, a lot of this game in it. But Hertha were, in the first half, uh, Stefan Ersfeld was there actually. We were talking at half-time and I was saying, actually, this Hertha side's clever. Really clever. First 10 minutes or so, I think Hertha had, completed 12 passes and Bayern had completed about 80. There were no shots on target there was no shots at all actually in the first I think 20 minutes maybe. And they did really really well at stopping Bayern from creating anything. Bayern had loads of the ball, no real end product and they grew, they really grew into the game. They were very compact and the game hit a bit of a point in the middle of the first half where it got super sloppy and Hertha really capitalised on that. Luca Bakio at one point sent half the Bayern squad to Potsdam. It was unbelievable. Like There was one bit where he broke through and I can't remember who he... I think it might have been for David Zilke, I think he put through. They had Santiago Asgassibas starting for the first time. He's just signed from Stuttgart. He looks really good, but I'm not sure if he's the kind of player they need because he's quite a he's very small, technical, ball-playing, deep-line midfielder. But they just need some creativity further forward and they need goals. That's been a problem for them for a while. And it's a shame because they hadn't conceded a goal in the league for about something like 330 odd minutes. They conceded in their first two games under Klinsmann and they lost at home to Dortmund and then they drew with Eintracht away. But since then they hadn't conceded the goal. And I think it's just, it was a bit of a reality check. It was 4-0 in the end and then the goals came thick and fast in the second they half. They came quite but, late.
0: The first goal came about after an hour, didn't it? Yeah,
1: and then there was a couple of minutes later there was an, the ball was in the back of the net again got ruled out for a, a, a foul by VAR, and then, yeah, Thiago's goal was brilliant, actually, a nice little side foot off the bar.
0: But Was he good, Thiago?
1: Yeah, he was. I mean, the, I found interesting that, just that midfield battle, Goretzka was quite quiet, I felt, in the first half. I actually forgot he was playing at one point, but it's because he's so far away from the pitch, you can't see anyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, Thiago's good man. I mean, he's a great player to watch. In person, yeah. you really get the the kind of scope of his vision as a midfielder. So after the game, Klinsman was saying that, you know, picking up points against the teams like Bayern, that's not their job. No you know, that's not their goal. It's the teams that are in the lower half of the table and around them. But they've got to be careful now because if Bremen won at the weekend and they're only two points behind Hertha now, Hertha are in fourteenth. Mines are a point behind them. But again, one and cologne win.
0: are climbing, have got four straight wins now. But if
1: results go their way, one win will take them up to eleventh. So it's yeah. very, 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 very tight. Right. I'll stick around up um on the site this week look forward to it Um, should we take a break and then come back with other stuff let's do it alright we're back from the break there was a massive result on the weekend Arsenal won Chelsea Four at Boreham Wood. Yeah, women's this the League. this is a is huge game a huge result and it's kind of blown the top of the league
0: well I wouldn't even say wide open it's basically Chelsea's to lose in theory Also, because City are actually top at the moment having beaten Birmingham uh, 2-0 but I mean because City are free scoring but Chelsea had that goal had that game in hand mm. one point off the lead I think it was a postponed game I think it was against Liverpool I'm not sure yeah um but the manner of the Chelsea victory. So the one thing I would have said, one criticism, maybe slight criticism of Chelsea's year is that they looked slightly goal shy. Not, yeah. not, not, not goal shy, but just, just, no, just, just relatively speaking in terms of like, just,
1: they're not as free scoring as Arsenal. Right, right, right. City. Yeah, not
0: goal shy. Yeah. They never looked like a team that could fully unload. They were like a team that could maybe win 2-3-0, but I was like, will they blow teams away? They had yeah. great match control and they added Sam Kerr and obviously they beat Bristol. Bristol, you know, conceded a lot of goals, but, this was the real test. And I mean, what they did to Arsenal, I think actually it's funny because although they scored, you know, three goals very early on, I think within the first half hour, in the first 20 minutes, midfield is where they won that battle. Beth England scored the opener, which she seems to do so much in these big games. It's interesting how often she breaks the deadlock. Guru was again excellent, just gives you that really great blend of industry and technique. GC on at the top of the diamond as a playmaker. A lot of great work closing down first line of the defence and Sophie Engle was superb and scored one of the best goals I think of the season really. Yeah, it was amazing. They were, they were, um, they were all the goals I thought were good. They were great and the scary thing is there's the variety of them as well. Yeah. Uh, a couple of um I think it was a near post header, far post header, a great break and a curling strike from England um, an Engle from distance. Beth Mead um, got one back but it was just purely consolation. It was and what was interesting was the second half they just really shut down and the thing about Chelsea is actually they're so good on the break. I knew about them as a counter-attacking team but I didn't know they could impose themselves on a team that well of Arsenal's quality that high up the pitch mm. and I, you know I, I will in Arsenal's defence I will say that it was also a bit of a bad day at the office does that make sense?
1: Yeah I retweeted a thread from Molly Hudson about this she was at the game and she wrote a really really interesting super long thread about Arsenal's tactics the squad depth issue what Joe Montemora said about it she's a really great women's football writer she's started covering men's stuff as well so I'd, instead of me regurgitating what she said and yeah. doing a poor job of it go and check that out because it it, it was super interesting because I know that there have been issues with squad depth, but it's not the only reason. And actually, Joe Montemore on the weekend said that he got the tactics wrong. And Arsenal couldn't, couldn't live with Chelsea in that first half and you could see it. But like I say, the top of the table is looking super, super interesting because Man City beat Birmingham away 2-0 on the weekend. Manchester United beat Spurs 3-0. Everton beat Reading. Liverpool beat Bristol City away. And West Ham beat Brighton. So... The table now, Man City are top on 33 points, level on points with Arsenal. Both sides have lost, both sides have got identical records pretty much, apart from uh, Manchester City's goal difference is better. Played 13-11, lost two. Chelsea are now a point behind the pair of them with that game in hand. It will come down to results, I think, between those top three.
0: Yeah, these games decide the league and that's how it felt, yeah.
1: Absolutely. And I don't know,
0: I don't know whether there was a bit of
1: nerves maybe with Arsenal or whatever, but yeah, I mean, Chelsea thoroughly, thoroughly deserved it and... It's They're hard looking to see. really good with Sam Kerr in there as well. I mean, she is, I mean, she's probably, what, the greatest player in the world.
0: The hardest arguably. thing to say, it's like, it's, it's wild because they um. Shireen Ahmed compared Sam Kerr's impact. She said they haven't had a player that good at the club since Didier Drogba. And it was funny because there was a sense that Chelsea were a kind of sword that needed a slight sort of sharpening of the blade. And you can look at the Arsenal performance and say, oh, they were like lacking nerves, possibly. But the problem is the quality of the goals was sometimes you get these games where the quality of the goals is so high that the game can be relatively even. Yeah. And then every so often the game just gets punctured or broken open, and that's what you have. You have supreme. Each goal was a supreme finish, mm-hmm. and it it wasn't like Arsenal were timid. What was always amazing about Arsenal is how high up the pitch uh, Van der Donk gets. Often further forward than the than the the Like she's further forward than a conventional striker in many many ways. So she kept being enterprise. I just think that Arsenal were just caught cold yeah you know,
1: have, you have to shout out Emma Hayes as well though because they dropped out of the Champions League spots last season and they could have very nearly gone to the final actually
0: yeah absolutely but give Leon the most trouble actually of anyone in the tournament yeah
1: she's such a clever coach she's done amazingly well at managing that squad this season I just think yeah I think she deserves mad props yeah absolutely. Um, because you know with the investment that Manchester City have had and how good Arsenal are looking they're in that really nice little pocket of they're not top
0: but they're there yeah, exactly. On the shoulder. It's like the chasing pack and the peloton in like uh, when you're cycling. Yeah, definitely. They're just there ready to overtake on the final curve. And what's interesting about Chelsea now is they had everything else. I mean, they already had a very good attack. I'm not trying to, trying to dim them down. But when you had someone like Sam Kerr, you watched her in the second half occupy the Arsenal defenders, which made it so much harder for them. Because as they were going to try and press and get a goal back, they had to be honest. Because she, she could occupy you know, two to three players by herself on the break. She's that good. I
1: mean, they've scored almost a third of, just less of a third of their goals in the last three games since she's arrived, so.
0: And then you've got Drew Spence come off the bench. Yeah. Who, I mean, like, is a game-breaking dribbler, like, yeah.
1: unreal, yeah. Um, so that's when Super League's game yeah. very, very interesting it is indeed. indeed. Where do you want yeah. to go next? Should we go to Kike's first game?
0: Yes. Oh, I watched this. Ah, oh. Barcelona-Granada. Now, I was, <laughs> Kevin Williams was advertising Caution uh, on Twitter. He's one of the, sort of the best tweeters from Barcelona Twitter saying, you know, it's only Granada. But Granada had only conceded 25 goals in 20 games. Beat Barcelona se- early in the season. That's huh? absolutely right. 2 0 with a great performance, great counter attacking performance. Slightly more timid on counter attack here, slightly less effective, but defensively very tight. But Busquets was out of this world. And the way that Barcelona are moving the ball, very encouraging, mm. absolutely beautiful. First half, i completed like 500 passes. 0 0 at half time still. And Granada actually hit the post halfway through the second half and it was still 0-0.
1: That was a lovely, f- uh, I was going to say finish, but he didn't finish it. Glorious
0: strike. Yeah, it was glorious strike. Effort. Yes, great effort. Um, Strong effort. But some of the movement, Griezmann hasn't moved that freely around the penalty area. I say around because within the area there's still challenges there. But Griezmann hasn't moved that freely in a long time. Um, perhaps the absence of Suarez and more space for him has helped. Track back twice in the left back position, uh, once in the right back position to break off a counter attack. So working very hard and the Camp Now supporters loved it. Setien has already got them playing. And Ray Hudson commented on this. He was outstanding last night, Ray Hudson. His observations on what Setien had to do, the encouraging signs that he saw, the tactical disposition of the players. But like I say, Busquets was spectacular last night. He needs to stop saying Ibracadabra, though. Yes. I think it's still from the days when Zlatan was there. <laughs> I think it's left... But, and again, if you get a chance to watch Barcelona's goal, yeah. it's astonishing. Ricky Pooch came on as a sub. Wins the ball back heart the pitch in the final third. Is that third? how you
1: pronounce it, surname? Because I always say Puig. That's what they were saying on the commentary. Ricky, Ricky
0: Pooch. I'm happy to go for... That's a great
1: way to pronounce it. Because well, I've always... That's a tricky, it's a tricky
0: pronunciation. There. I'm not really sure, to be honest, but I'm happy for to be corrected. He's been unleashed. He has.
1: Valverde and... kept threatening to do it and never did. And KK just rolled in. Can we comment on the fact that he had his shirt tucked in? Yeah, we can. So, I've got a bit of a theory about this now. In the modern day... Players are too cool to tuck their shirts in. Right. When you've got an attacking player tucking their shirt in, they're a problem. They are a problem.
0: They've come to snatch the crown,
1: really. They don't really care what you think because they're going to bury you. That's real. That's what the energy is of that. Adama Triori tucks his shirt in.
0: Yeah, it's like top buttons. Nelson Mandela would top rock the top button. button. Nelson Mandela would rock the top button. He would do it up with no tie. Big top button energy. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> top button <laughs> energy. <laughs> I love how we always get into fashion at least once in on the podcast.
1: We're like two of the least fashionable people in the world. Mm. Chaos i speak for me.
0: Actually, yeah, no, yeah we are actually. We, are. We, try, we, do really, we try to be distinctive in our fashion, but we don't always achieve it.
1: I don't at all. I just try to not be seen. You oh. on the other hand, wear, like
0: my shy, retiring nature, might as well
1: be wearing like a neon sign above your head. <laughs> How listen, to avoid detection? My ass.
0: Listen, you got to you got to
1: market.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Little plug for Moose's book there. Listen, we got to market ourselves. We got to market ourselves. That's <laughs> not a fashion book. It's it's
1: much darker. Than it's that. much
0: dead. Yeah, it, it is actually. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh so
1: Barca had about a billion percent possession. Yeah. Um, was it 82% possession, over 1,000 passes? About. So it ended up just shy, I think, of about 800 in the end, somewhere that. So no, 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 I think they went over 1,000. Oh my God, they got the yeah, La Liga posted it, yeah. Oh, wow, amazing. Good start for Kike. Yeah. You know, not the free flowing, free scoring win that he probably would have liked. But like you said before, you know, Granada, they kind of caused bar- uh, Barca. I keep saying Bayern for Barca for some reason, not because I was there on the weekend.
0: Well, an alien giant, aren't they? So, bit of a concern. One, one thing I will say about um, Barca, though, my concern is they don't attack space like centre-forwards, those front three. They need to. Like, if you look at the Liverpool front three, Firmino, Mane and Salah, they all attack space like centre-forwards. Griezmann doesn't. It's weird. Okay, it's really strange. There's one point where Barcelona broke and Messi was looking up to cut the ball across and Griezmann was at the far post and I was like, what on earth are you doing there? Like, what are you... Any... Crespo, Salas, you name any number nine, any great number nine in history is crashing the near post mm. or the edge of the six-yard box. And Griezmann was hanging back like a winger. And another moment, he gets the ball in the inside left position and slashes it against a side netting. I remember thinking, what are you doing? Like, And it worries me a bit with Barca because that front three doesn't scare me and it should. And I think Dembele is going to be Huge, and it shouldn't be that way. But what Sete gets out of Dembélé is going to be absolutely vital to them in the Champions League. I love Fatty, but he's got work to do. Of course, he's he's young. Oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's also, very very. Young. He's also wide forward. He's not a striker, and you need Dembélé to really step up in the next few months. Vital.
1: Aesthetically, Kike looks good on the touchline. He does in a Barca jacket. Good-looking man too. Yeah, I, I, I like him a lot. I'm really yeah. happy that he's there. Elsewhere in La Liga, Atleti lost to at Eibar. First time Eibar beaten Atleti in La Liga, I think.
0: And they beat them the most Atleti way possible. Ninth minute goal. And set, and set pieces, you know, originating yeah. from set pieces. Atleti, very strange. And they have scored 22 goals and conceded 14. The only wild thing about that, well, it's, it's pretty wild itself. I mean, it's awful. Goal scoring 22 goals in 20 games. It's awful. Really. I mean, yeah, it's not very good. When you have Thomas Lamar and Joao Felix in your squad, and that's what you're producing. And the wild thing is they've only scored one more goal than Bilbao. And Bilbao have like 13 points fewer. <laughs> but it's just so disappointing. For well, it's, it's not disappointing because it's disappointing to you expect more. yeah. And the trap that I think I fell into was seeing them in the preseason all free scoring and seeing them against Rail and being, oh, look, they can actually score some goals. But then the second Atleti play games that matter, they revert to ultra Simeone. And that's just going to hold them back. That's just going to be, they're just going to be a third place team for as long as he's there. Because they will never fully liberate themselves and score goals. I mean he's overachieved. He has overachieved. And so, that's just, that's unfortunately I think going to be a bit of a ceiling for them.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Real Madrid beat Sevilla 2 1. Lovely goal from Luke De Jong. And yep. goal machine Casemiro with a brace. Can I be both goals were amazing. Slightly well, goals were good.
0: I've got a slight issue with Casemiro here. Play him up front. Well, no, 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 I've got an issue with him. He scores he scores he doesn't score that many goals, Casemiro. No. He scores the second one. Doesn't go wild. And I was like, don't big up. You're loving it. You, you've scored two. He's already two. got the first one, so it's no, fine. No, no. But I said, look, the way he scores in front of a bank is of his own fans. And he's there and he sort of jogs off. I was like, you're loving it. And he's acting like he's playing it all cool. It's like when he gets the phone number at the bar, you're like, oh my God, she likes me. You're actually, just just be happy, smile. He's like, oh, where do you know me from? Like almost, it's like, come on, mate, just enjoy it. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's my one issue with that. Also, my Orca Valencia. Yeah, that was wild. Can I say two things I love about this game?
1: Firstly... Well, Mallorca beat Valencia 4-1, by the way, just so people know.
0: Yes, Mallorca beat Valencia 4-1, so the three is a lot The third Mallorca goal is even more glorious than <laughs> Barca's winner. Beautiful passing movement. The second thing I love is the name Lago Junior, because how many cooler names are there in football than Lago Junior? The third thing is when Mallorca score... It was so wet. There was like a standing ovation of umbrellas. <laughs> you just see like hundreds of umbrellas just go, yay. It's like, it's a beautiful sight. of a um,
1: flying umbrellas, yeah. Uh, Betis beat Real Sociedad 3-0. Are Real
0: Sociedad showing potential catfish
1: capabilities?
0: No, just Betis are a good team and Alenia's is looking good. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Canales, yeah. Pedro Leon. Players who, can I say this, Betis are a team where people found their home. And, and Joaquin as well. Joaquin just balling out.
1: They've only lost once in the last five league games, so they've kind of turned a the corner. They had a real struggle. Yeah. Okay, we haven't
0: even done the Premier League yet. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. What happened in the Premier League? Joke, um, joke, joke, joke. City Palace. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Pep, City. Pep t- hates playing Palace City, at home. Who doesn't though? Liverpool hate it. If you think about it, Liverpool hate it too. Really. Roy Hodgson. If we we'll keep one hundred, so, so Roy for keeps those, it hundred. But those two people haven't seen it. City tried to pull a late show on Palace, which they did almost successfully. And then Palace pulled a late show, ended up two all. Um, Wolves, Southampton. That was a really good game. That was a really good game. A lovely game of football. Felt a little bit back.
1: sorry for Southampton because they've been on a good run of form. Yeah, but I one of I don't think there's any. It's just one of those games. I don't think there's anything massive to take from that
0: no absolutely know, Wolves do what Wolves do they pulled clear
1: but Nathan Redmond had that absolute screamer that hit the bar and if that had gone in that would have been very different he's a, he's a weird player Nathan Redmond he's one of those players that is obviously really 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 good at football because he's nailed down a Premier League starting role but he
0: kind of like is that the guy that Pep was lecturing one time
1: yeah 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 it yeah. was yeah
0: about you've got it you've got what yeah. it takes
1: and like he could he could I he don't could know. be a Fabian
0: Delph couldn't he do you think he's gonna rock up at Inter or he something could like? He's like, be, like that kind of He could be Pep's new Fabian Delph. There are some players when, when Pep takes the Southampton job. I think that's why Pep it frustrates Pep because Pep goes around the Premier League and he sees players in different teams and he thinks
1: You're all being undercoached. No yeah. with,
0: with co yeah, with coaching. And it must be really frustrating actually if you think about it. Because Pep is an artist, right? He's uh, very few managers are artists. He's like an artist looking at his palette and going, Oh, you're using that paint wrong. If you, if I had him, I'd do this and that. And that must be quite a weird thought, quite a confronting thing for a player to be like. My goodness, I could be so much more if I was in the right mm. hands. And, and some players are good enough, they always make a career. Like if you're an elite player, you always make some kind of career for yourself. But the Nathan Redmond thing is interesting because he's clearly a very good player in need of that extra level. Yeah. You look at like Oxley, for example. Oxley's a great example. Oxley where... Chamberlain. Oxlade, say his Oxlade, name correctly. Do I, I always say that, don't I? You always say Oxley. That's my thing. That's Chambo thing. Chambo you're going to use one no, word Chambo okay. oh my god
1: you one of my favourite things was, um, your surname shamed me. was an old uh, Arsenal video and I think it might have been Santi Santi Cazorla was talking to Chambo He's calling him and he kept
0: calling him Chambo oh I love that wouldn't you love it if Santi called you a nickname oh, I, it'd be the best can you
1: imagine Santi calling, calling me Rai. right right because we play football at, at, at international. we both play for international teams yeah So there were a lot of Spanish speakers in the team that I play for and the way they say Ryan is unbelievable. Elsewhere, there was a pretty big game on the weekend. Liverpool beat Manchester United 2-0. Oh yeah. Kind of expected. It was. The thing that was surprising, I think, was the Marcus Rashford thing that came out. Are we going to talk about the game so much? I mean, we had a couple of questions on Not it. Not so much. There um, was one uh, about Allison's knee slide. I can't remember who it's from. So, Oh, here it is, from Jamie, at JamieGriff97 on Twitter. Does Alisson's perfect knee slide make him the coolest goalkeeper around if he wasn't already? I mean, that was a really good knee slide. The fact that he was there.
0: First one on the scene. I just can't think of a goalkeeper that's cooler than Allison anyway. I don't think that would have been the tiebreaker. It, he has... Ice cold eyes. Who's, Ice cold he's, eyes. He's a beautiful man. Blue steel. Who, who's even in that conversation about cool keeper? Tess, Tess No, 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 no. He's, he's not cool. He's nice. Not facial hair. He's, he's, he's nice, but he's not cool. It's too clean cut. Yeah, he's nice. But it's... Buffon was not it, but Buffon's, you know, doing his thing. There's a long tradition of cool goalkeepers. We'll get into that another time.
1: Yeah, definitely. The Marcus Rashford injury is worrying. So he's going to be out for months. It's a double stress fracture in his Spine. Yeah. So, so and I, also, I, uh, he's got some uh, like floating bone in his ankle that needs surgery. So he's been playing through real pain. Recently. Right, real
0: pain, not visibly, and hasn't been showing it.
1: I read a couple of things about this, and it seemed that Solskjaer didn't really know too much about it, but the medical team potentially did, which is really, really, really bad.
0: Can I say this as well, then? The fact that Paul Pogba got so much stick for saying, I have my own medical team, I want to be treated differently, and Hellfire came for Pogba after that. Absolute hellfire. And this is a player, Pogba, who may be leaving in the summer, who doesn't want to ruin his, you know, And there's a Euro's coming up. Yeah. And like, and everyone's on Pogba. And this is, I've got a real issue with this. You see it in basketball as well. But everyone came after Kawhi Leonard for not playing under the Spurs. And he was clearly hurt, had his own medical team. Okay. So everyone went after Kawhi Leonard for those who follow basketball and was kind of really sort of frozen out at the Spurs because they couldn't believe that he was really as injured as he was. You look at him now and he's clearly been hurt for a long time. Yeah, I mean,
1: he's been on a load management yeah. thing going into, this is going into the second season now. He's still on load, load management stuff at the Clippers. Right.
0: And you contrast that with Isaiah Thomas, um, who was at Celtics, had an incredible season yeah. and his value was so high and was basically then was leading towards like what they call a max contract. So it was leading towards getting like tens of millions of dollars and well, hundreds. Up, and, uh, hundreds. And ended up signing for, what, two, three million because he was so badly injured, because he kept playing through the pain.
1: Yeah, and he got traded straight away to the Cavs. Yeah. Exactly.
0: And the, really thing, the thing that makes me really angry, and does make me angry, a few things make me angry in sport, forcing professional athletes to do things against the will of their body, against their better knowledge, because athletes know their bodies. Yeah. They know their bodies. They don't shirk responsibility. You don't play for a team like Manchester United um, at any level and go out there Uncommitted. And I think this is this weird narrative that takes hold in the internet. And Players want to play football. Right. Thank you. Thank you. They thank just you. want to play. Thank you. And like, you look at Pogba and he's like, I'm vindicated. Yeah. You know, you're vindicated. Look at Rashford now. Rashford.
1: That club's a mess, man. And Neil Ashton's really? coming in to do PR. Goodness me. Goodness me.
0: Wow. Bizarre. Bizarre.
1: Let's have a couple of questions before we get out of it. There's something I want to talk about, but yeah. um there's a midweek round of Premier League fixtures. And I'd like to get into a little bit of this stuff about um, but the St. Pauli logo popping up on... I, I need to do some more research about this, but it, it was on a... They designated it. What was the actual wording for it? So it's a left-wing symbol that is deemed... Uh, like It's in the anti-terrorism there's a, there's thing. There's a
0: question about this, isn't there? Someone's asked a question about yeah, this. Yeah, but maybe
1: right. should we do a proper little bit of research on it and go yeah. into it on the next one? Yeah, let's do it. Should we do one, one on Thursday? Absolutely. Let's why do one on Thursday. Why not? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so there you go. We'll talk about that on Thursday. But let's have a couple of questions before we get out. All right, one from Stefan Ersfeld. Please explain Bruce Ball. <laughs> I don't think Steve Bruce can explain Bruce Ball. He then followed it up with a WhatsApp message, so I'm going to read it. it said, Bruce Ball! Exclamation mark. <laughs> Lowest expected points of all teams across top five leagues, 0.7, but on average 1.26 reality points. Only Schalke, Juve and Liverpool with a bigger difference. And with the injuries that Newcastle have got, I think he handled it quite well after the game against Chelsea where he said listen we've got that in us but you know it was, it was straight away a smash and grab they did, they had nothing in the game but they have so many injuries yeah it was a great ball from Sam Maximan like a really great ball actually after
0: it was uh, a horrible yeah it was a horrible, horrible corner the, 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 the ball in from Sam Maximan was a horrible um, one to deal with for the keeper for Kepa he got a bit of criticism but it changes direction at the very last minute it's a slight yeah. glance so you see the ball coming from that distance you're watching all the players come towards you converge and the striker gets a really clever touch and just angles it slightly. So it looked like a worse mistake than it was, I think, for the goal. Yeah,
1: yeah. definitely. But a, a great result for Newcastle. Yeah. And Steve Bruce has been quietly doing a very, very good job at Newcastle under some very difficult circumstances. They got a big, big money signing with Joey Linton in the summer who's not really lived up to the fee yet, I would say. That's but probably- then again, I think that's
0: also a reflection of the team. I think that Steve Bruce knows that he doesn't have the players that can dominate most games. So by necessity, I mean you talk about Bruce, but what it is—it is smash and grab. You know they're not going to dominate possession. You know you've just got to stay in there, stay competitive, press, and get opportunities.
1: Yeah, I think he's one of those just managers. Yeah. That, I was thinking about this before, well, actually, on my on, our, on my way down here. There are certain groups of managers who are really, really great with basically not having enough tools. Yes, and as soon as they get those tools, they actually perform worse. Does that make sense? Complete sense. Yes. So yes. Uh, Pulis. Pulis was like that, and I, I'm wondering if Eddie Howe might be falling into that category. They
0: had a bad loss, didn't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, they really did.
0: They're in real trouble now.
1: But again, he, I mean, they're 12th. They're seven points clear of the relegation zone, and I don't think they will go down. Can I, can't, say- I can't see what seven teams below them just see, taken them shout out five. to just the
0: well coached team
1: I really love seeing that and I'm, oh, I'm genuinely happy for Steve Bruce as well because he's too, yeah. you know he's had a number of jobs and he's you know he's taken some shit over the years as well and I th- and he went through I think quite a really
0: personal tragedy yeah, as well. yeah, with
1: yeah. The, after the the whole Villa stuff as yeah. well
0: I, I like Steve Bruce being happy and he's so, he's, like he's everyone being he's happy someone here. that's easy to go after so I really yeah shout out to Steve Bruce actually I'm really happy for him
1: uh, some more questions before we wrap okay uh, this one's from Dan Cole how fucked a Villa <laughs> quite uh, oh, yeah. I mean I don't think they're quite cooked yet but I think they're a point behind Watford and West Ham three behind Brighton
0: Jack Grealish needs to be wrapped in cotton wool after every final whistle before every game because he is the only thing keeping him with a chance
1: two wins and a draw in the last five though
0: well he's a very he's, but it goes through so much it goes through him they're looking for strike at the moment
1: okay should just sign Giroud, man.
0: Well, but I think he gives um, the player they're looking to bring in, brings you real mobility. I think he looked really good against Liverpool oh, yeah. in the Champions League as yeah, well. Giroud's not very, very mobile. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. It yeah, yeah. might
1: be yeah. off to Inter, following Ashley Young. That, do you know what? I think Ashley Young to Inter is potentially
0: in my top five all time signings. Conte's running a project of just like rehabbing. He's like MacGyver, isn't he? He's the MacGyver of football. He just takes players. It's talking about Victor Moses as well. Just takes players. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, but he loves Victor Moses. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, does. yeah. yeah. Wow. It's like, it's it's looking a little bit like a, a first season football manager team.
0: But the beauty of when Conte buys you is you know he's got a plan for you. That's the best thing about mm. it. You know exactly.
1: We didn't even cover yeah. Serie a, but they uh, dropped more points at the weekend. They did, Maybe yeah. we should cover that later in the week because yeah. we've got too much stuff to cover. We yeah. should start doing different podcasts so we can actually go into more detail. We should, we should. <laughs> we can't keep up with <laughs> the ourselves. The people want it. Let's have a quick look at some, uh, okay, so we had one from Shane Thomas and another one from Kunle Ajayo about... Now that Chelsea have signed Sam Kerr, does that give Chelsea the edge? We've kind of covered that. But yep. Yeah, I think it, I, th- I think it's not just that, but I think that they're they're looking good. It's huge, yeah. One from Wojciech Augustiniak. How good is Mo Salah's muscular tour?
0: Can I say this about Mo Salah? The thirst traps have increased, but the quality has dropped. There's almost a direct correlation. His goals to thirst trap ratio is a little bit off. You no, know, he is Mo Salah. Fit, but he knows it. He's fit but he knows it. Yeah. You know, when he first broke through he was fit but he didn't know it, but now he really knows it. Like now he wasn't really doing <laughs> the whole like you know, he wasn't in the hole. He wasn't really on that, but now it's like I mean, good luck to him. like look, can't even hate but the guy's an amazing player, but he is fit but he knows it. I think I would take my shirt off more if I had a body like that though. I wouldn't wear a shirt. I'd be i t- I'd be like J.L Smith. Middle and of winter un- in Berlin. I'm I'd, I'd, no, I'd, oh wear be a scarf. I'd
1: be unbelievable. Dungaree's scarf gloves
0: and a hat. Dungarees and those like sort of biker boots and just walking around like that. Walking around yeah. I'd be mean, like Bane. Well, in that case, I'm glad you're not ripped like that. I'm no, not. No, that no sounds terrifying. not ripped at all. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> so disappointing.
1: All right, let's wrap on this one from Ryan O'Byrne. If Ronaldinho was samba and Klopp was heavy metal football, what are some musical comparisons for current high-profile teams across the top five leagues?
0: Lucin Favre, free jazz.
1: Maybe. The lack of structure. Yeah,
0: yes, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> some
1: gr- I, See, I would say more fusion, because in fusion records, there's always two bars that
0: is absolutely unbelievable yeah Barcelona classical piano I'm a set now this sounds really sad but there are times when I've actually like watched Barcelona highlights and put a bit of like that does sound sad you're right (laughs) yeah sorry (laughs) piano in the background it's really sad what's Simeone it's too obvious isn't it it's too obvious to say rock I think
1: Simeone's minimal techno I agree with that actually Yeah, yeah Simeone's minimal techno at the moment which is a
0: shame Nagelsmann
1: Nagelsmann kind of strikes me as a little bit of those right because think about the context of RB Leipzig as well and the corporate structure and the, all that kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of like when post-punk started getting a little bit electronic. So it's come out of that punk era. Yes, but it's early eighties. Kind of so it's still cleaner. got that kind of like German rawness to it, like the German post-punk cleaner. scene. They've maybe started using drum machines instead of live drummers. It's a bit cleaner. But oh. I, lo- I love post-punk though, so I'm, I shouldn't really. It's not a negative per se, but it's not quite. It's not quite all out.
0: Is it too dramatic to say that Bielsa's drum and bass? No, I, no, no, I don't, th- I don't it's, agree it's, with that. It's I, think, too, it's, it's more sophisticated drum. I think Bielsa's more tropicalia. That is, oh my God, that's perfect. That's yeah. perfect.
1: A lot of fuzz. That's perfect. You know, actually. like the, the, the original version of Amina
0: Manina kind of thing. That's perfect. Bielsa's tropicalia. Mm. Oh my goodness. Should we wrap on that? Yeah, you have to.
1: Speaking of music, right, we're going to play uh, Oh, Before we do play out, can you, if you do listen on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, can you please give us a rate and a review? It really helps us grow the podcast. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Stadio you can, you can follow find us on
0: Instagram at Stadio Football thanks Musa. that's me uh, we're
1: going to do another one this week so yep. we will be back then we're playing out with thought I'd go back to the motherland some mansion music up in this can't go wrong Joy Division before they were Joy Division were called Warsaw as everyone knows and this is off the album they recorded as Warsaw which has a lot of the stuff they then recorded as Joy Division it's called They Walked In Line we'll be back on Thursday see in a few days boy.